Well, good morning. My name's Terry. I'm not Graham. If you're looking for Graham, he's here. Uh, my privilege this morning to be here while the kids are in the service. So if you're a kid or feel like a kid, I'm really glad that you're here because I'm a kid at heart. I know I've got this dust in my hair on the sides and stuff, but I'm really a kid. So I wanted to bring some stuff kind of on a kid level because that's the level that I relate to the best. I have this problem. Sometimes I see things that aren't really there. Does that ever happen to you? It happened to me three weeks ago. Do you know the sandwich board that sits out here sometimes and sometimes out here? And on it, what did it say three weeks ago? Was the title of the series we were starting, right? What did it say? Sticky Sticky love. Sometimes I see things that aren't really there. I did not see sticky love. It's not what I saw. Some of you have been teased this week because (laughs) Graham told you one letter makes a difference, right? If you were on Facebook, you saw one letter makes all the difference. I saw stinky love. Actually, I saw stinky love, which was, you know, Princess Bride-like. But it got me thinking about some of the things that, uh, that I've been reading in God's Word in the last year, the last year and a half, and, and some of the stories. I like following Jesus and what he did when he was on earth, and, and I like seeing some of the ways that he interacted with people, and I like seeing that he actually, you know, so often would just get down, and he'd just hang out with them, right? He'd just be where they were, and he'd allow them to be where he was. And sometimes it got ugly. Sometimes it was uncomfortable. Sometimes it was stinky. But wherever Jesus was, it was always love. So I look at some stories about where Jesus interacted with people, and and I just put them under my subcategory of stinky love. I'm not sure what you had last night when you were watching... uh, NCAA football, maybe it was family movie night. What was it? Oh, oh, yeah, I forgot about that sport, yeah. <laughs> Hockey night, but, but maybe you had some, some popcorn kicking around. Did anybody make popcorn last night? Did anyone wish they made popcorn last night? Well, then here you go, have some popcorn this morning, all right? No, take the whole bag, share it with your friends. You don't want the whole bag? Well, you guys will take the whole bag. Pass it around, Hayden. Here, you, you take that bag. Then I don't have to have it. Okay? So sometimes uh, those things will remind you of things, right? So maybe that's your thing. You have popcorn and hockey. It's the first intermission thing that you do because you can only fit so much in certain spaces at an intermission. And we know one thing you have to do, and the other thing is get snacks. But in my experience, there's a lot of different things that, that remind me of events. Are you reminded of events? We'll start with the adults and we'll see how sharp they are this morning. I'm going to start with this young lady right in the front. Don't look, but smell. Coffee. Oh, coffee. <laughs> coffee. <laughs> Do you know why I start? Yeah, there you go. Now let me see. I'm, I'm just going to see how well I pick people out of a crowd, okay? Let's see if we go over here to this young lady. Don't, don't look, but smell. Chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> That's my niece, Hannah. <laughs> she likes chocolate like her Uncle Terry. 
what about this one? Let's go back to our highly intelligent area. You're wondering where that is, aren't you? Yeah, we'll, we'll make it back here this morning. So don't look, just smell. It might be more of a flavor than an object. Something sweet, okay. I don't know. Hmm. Well, we're going to have to work the whole room, aren't we? Wow, I, I didn't think this was so hard. I thought I went to the intelligent corner over here. I have no sense of smell. Uh, chocolate. Chocolate? No, we, we're past chocolate, but it was in this area, so the chocolate smell, as you know, it lingers, doesn't it? Until the belly's full. Lemon? Lemon, yes, lemon, right, very good. It's funny, I opened that one and I could smell it right away. All right, we're going back now. Yeah, right here? Don't look and don't taste it. Oh, so close. 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 Sunscreen? Yeah. So where do those smells take you to? The smell of sunscreen. Do you have a memory that's linked with that? The beach. Yeah, it usually has grit in it, right? Little bits of sand. And the popcorn took us to hockey. Where does the chocolate take you? Anywhere. Oh. <laughs> There's at least one honest person here this morning. <laughs> Nothing to add there. Does the smell of citrus or lemon, does it take you anywhere? Cleaning. Cleaning. Sure. Because it's a pleasant smell, isn't it? It's a clean smell. The smell that I want to take us to this morning was actually related to a woman who hung out in Simon the Leopard's house when Jesus was there just a few days before Jesus would die. And this woman, we're told in Mark chapter 14, takes a jar of perfume, expensive perfume. In fact, the Bible says it was about a year's worth of perfume. And let me read it to you. So while Jesus was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, and it was made from pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Other gospel accounts might say his feet. Some of those present were angry. Why waste this perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages. The money could have been given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. But Jesus, right? Because Jesus is hanging with the people. He's so close to them, and he, he really gets them. And he's God, I think that helps too. Leave her alone, Jesus said. Why are you bothering her? She's done a beautiful thing to me. Those words 
are like a speed bump for me when I, word, when I read God's Word. There's just certain phrases and certain sentences that slow you down because they have an impact on you. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. Speed bump. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. We're just a couple of days ahead of Jesus dying. We're kind of in the, the precursor to that event that would change our world forever. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Uh, speed bumps exist for a good reason, don't they? And I, I use that word on purpose, of course, because I want you to be reminded that in your life there's going to be certain things that are going to slow you down or should slow you down or the vehicle's going to get damaged. Our vehicle, our walk, our existence, our journey through life, the road, the path that we're on, if we don't slow down and take notice of those speed bumps, we're going to have some issues. And the issues might not show up right away, but the issues will show up if we continue to crash over speed bumps. So as we just take a few minutes this morning just to look at what this woman was up to, I want to make sure that we slow down enough to recognize that her action could be our action and her reaction to who Jesus was, is, could and should be our reaction to who Jesus was and is. That's the message right there. So as we look at this story, I want you to think about those scents again. I want you to, to go back and, and do your sniff test on the story. Imagine if you were reclining at the table alongside the four or five or however many might have been there eating with Jesus. First of all, would that not have been an overwhelming experience? Whether you bought into the Jesus thing or not, this man walking on earth was doing some really incredible things. Whether you bought in 100% or not, he was different than others. And yet for this moment, in this time, in this place, Jesus stopped and was right with the people. He was eating with them. He was reclining at the table. He was sitting around the table with them, experiencing whatever it was that had been prepared. Imagine sitting at that table. Oh, that, that's a story enough right there. Put a period there. Preach on that for four weeks. Reclining with Jesus. I'm not sure about you, but uh, I've had a few people that have kind of um, got my attention over the years, kind of been in awe of, and we're going to age the crowd right now. So you kids, you have no idea who this is. Tom Landry. Anybody know who Tom Landry is? He was the head coach for the Dallas Cowboys for years. Kind of a big deal to me, because Tom was a believer, and his quarterback at the time, in the 70s, was Roger Staubach, a believer. And Tom Landry came to London, where I grew up, because my pastor had been the previous chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys. 
And I got to let him in the door to the event where he was speaking. I was about this tall right here. You clearly are not Tom Landry fans. You clearly don't know who he is. Because if you knew, you would be like, wow, that dude is so cool because he got to open the door. Not only did I get to open the door, I was one of three people that knew what door it was he would even come through. Hello? And I got to walk down the hall from that door all the way to backstage where Tom was going to go on stage. See, his plane had landed an hour before I let him through the door. And his plane was going to leave an hour after he was done speaking that night. And I got two minutes to talk with him as we walked through the corridor. It was awesome. Do you know the lasting impression he left with me in two minutes? Had nothing to do with football, the Dallas Cowboys, or Roger Staubach. It had everything to do with his God. That was only Tom Landry. Imagine Jesus at your table. Jesus is at your table and he's eating with you. He's eating with you. You have that awesome experience to be right there beside Jesus. Wonder what his table manners were like. <laughs> I would have no idea because it was Jesus sitting there. I could not tell you what Tom Landry was wearing except it would have been a suit because he always wore a suit. I didn't know what color it would have been. Uh, I know that he had his famous hat or one of his famous hats with him because he always wore a hat on the sidelines. Um, but the thing that stood out for me was, was his thoughts about his God. And the thing that would have stood out for me when sitting with Jesus reclining would not have been what his table manners were like, but more it would have been, I'm sitting with Jesus. And then all of a sudden, I'm outdone by some woman who decides to break open a perfume jar and waste, waste a year's worth of salary pouring that on Jesus. Because it's at that moment that one of the speed bumps in my life would happen, and it's the speed bump of smell. It's the smell that would have, oh. Do you know when you walk through the door and that meal's being made that you don't like? I do not like fish. I, I'm not a fish fan. And so when salmon is being cooked in my house alongside, you know, like, sharing a stovetop or an oven with my chicken? That's, that's, that's not good. So imagine just having that opportunity to be so reflectant with Jesus and, and you're dining with Jesus and all of a sudden, this woman, understand the culture of men and women in that situation, this woman upstages whatever story I was telling. It, it's kind of the, oh man, that salmon stinks. Or even more for my wife, when we've made Mexican for dinner and we go out and we come back home, we open the door and we smell what we had for dinner four hours earlier. Yeah, Sharon does not like that. So that's why candles get lit in the house. But, but the smell from that perfume, it must have been overwhelming. A year's worth of wages for that perfume. I doubt it was a small amount, you know, just a small little drop there. You know, like when... Some of you do that, 
and you're in the same room with me and I start sneezing only from that small amount because I'm allergic to a lot of perfumes. Maybe that's your experience. But my guess is it may have been more of a foul smell because I was so angry that, that this woman was, why? What a waste. And that smell, you know, I told you earlier, it was only a couple of days before Jesus would, would go to the cross. And I wonder if, if I'm in the crowd, which I suspect some of those people were when Jesus was on the cross, if that, oh, that smell still is in the air. Stinky smell. It lingers like the smell of that popcorn. You still smell it? It lingers. And if you're not a popcorn fan, come back for chocolate week. <laughs> but that lingering smell as people would stand at the cross and, and watch Jesus, the man they were just dining with, as he dies for them, must have been like, I could really use a breath mint or something. Somebody please change the air here. And then, of course, you mix that smell in with the fact that Jesus and everything that Jesus was about was about loving me. So I may be one of the ones very upset that this woman would take and, and do this act of love. As Graham has been teaching us, we want to make love a verb. And she made it a verb with a capital V. She really went ham on it. She did it. But that bothered me. And so now I've got that smell lingering, and then I've got the smell of death because Jesus didn't die by himself on the cross. There was two other men with him. And that smell, and I, I don't know what that would have mixed like. You know, there's certain smells that, that when they're put together create a, a, a nice smell, an even better smell. Um, I was going to say what goes with chocolate, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I would hear anything is fine, yeah. Uh, I'll just eat the chocolate part, but that's okay. But I, I'm wondering this morning if, if we took another container and I gave you this one to take home and I said, I'd like you to place in this container the smell that reminds you of Jesus' stinky love. It's empty. It's yours. You put in what you want. What would it be? What, what would it be? Would it be, a, would it be a little bit of, you know, a little bit of popcorn? Because that kind of lingered in the air, you know, when we talked about it this morning. And, and I don't know if you figured out, but we're going to have communion in a few minutes. And it's still going to smell like popcorn in here. I've had communion with popcorn. Popcorn is actually one of those things that just reminds me of so many different things and so many, like a, a vast range of feelings. And, and I think that that might be your experience in, in what you put in your empty container to remind yourself of Jesus' stinky love. You put the cap on this and seal it up, put a little label with your label maker on there that says stinky love and you put it on the shelf. Because see, that's what a lot of us do when we come into an opportunity or an event where we go, wow, i got to remember that. Wow, that was really significant for me. Um, I've had some of those situations here, sitting under really good music and worship and, and teaching and, 
and times of prayer and, and, and times of fellowship with other people. And I've had that opportunity. I want to go, okay, I got it. I got it. Good. Stored that. Good. Got that. I'm going to keep that. And I take it home and I put it on the shelf. I got a whole room full of these shelves. Do you? Because we leave them there and we forget about them. Or, or even worse, what happens is we, we go back and we say, I want to smell that again. Kind of lost its scent. When you leave here this morning, hopefully your car's not going to smell like popcorn. Your house likely won't smell like popcorn when you get there. But what I'd really love for us to experience is that when we go from here and we're sent from here today as we're sent each week, is that we go out there with, with a trapped sense, a captured sense of what it is like to experience not only reclining with Jesus, but also experience what it's like to stand in his presence when the ultimate act of stinky love took place. Why did that woman break that jar of perfume open? I'm still trying really to figure that out. The only thing I can figure out is that it wasn't about her. It wasn't about what she had. It was only about who he was. What you capture in your jar to take with you today will be different than what I capture in mine. And that's good. That's okay. But capture something. In our time of communion this morning, as we're quiet and reflective, and we try and in some way comprehend this God who gives his love to us in different ways, sometimes stinky ways, try and capture it and remember it. Before our service started today, I saw someone I hadn't seen in a while, and this is not normally my context for seeing him, it's usually in the plumbing store. And my friend Scott's here today, and uh, in our brief conversation, because the countdown clock was under a minute already when I said hi to him, he summed up the morning sermon. It's not about us, it's about God. It's not about us. It's about God. When we are in a position and slow down for those speed bumps and move slowly enough so our world doesn't break apart, remember, it's about the stinky love that God gives us and how we can capture it and remember it. And I'm pretty sure chocolate goes with stinky love. Father, as we have reflected on a little bit of your son and his life uh, spent with us on this earth, we are grateful to the point often of being overwhelmed, to the point of being speechless and not even knowing how to respond. We try for different ways. We try to do it through our time of singing, and sometimes we feel like we get there. But Father, for me, so many times, I feel like I just can't find the way to respond to you. I don't have an alabaster jar full of perfume. But I have friends at school. I have colleagues at work. I have people around me. Will you help me 
express your love to them? Would you help me find practical ways this week to reflect your stinky love? Would you help me today, Father, maybe even before I leave this room today, to just act out my love for you in how I act with others? Thank you for your love. Thank you that you love me. Once a month, we, uh, we pause. And this is the week that we pause. We call it a checkpoint because we describe the trip that we're doing, the, uh, the journey of life as a road trip, on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Christ. We say that, and so we, we, we take a break. We're in the middle of a series, but we stop that because it's important to take a moment. So at a checkpoint, we stop, and we remember we remember what God has done, what Jesus has done for us. We, we reevaluate where we are. Are we on the path that we would like to be on, or have we strayed? This is not a time of guilt or shame. This is a time of opportunity. Repentance is opportunity to reset. So we remember, we reevaluate, and then we refocus so that before we leave, we are back in the place, the direction that we would like to go. And we have to do it regularly because if you're anything like me, you keep having to come back and reevaluate. Because you got distracted, you had things to do, you were busy, unexpected things happened, they, they hurt your heart, they, they made you mad, they um, disappointed you, you were discouraged, and it, it, t- it takes your focus off from where it should be, and, and what about me, and, and think about me, and what we need is to have our eyes back on Jesus, eyes up, And we are the best able to deal with whatever it is that we have to deal with when our eyes are in that place. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. Stop. We'd say sometimes that we would stop and and take a picture of this time. Maybe maybe today what we're going to do is stop and take a big sniff. And remember, this, this doesn't smell like this all the time. God was trying to speak to us. God was trying to put a memory in your heart and your mind. A memory that we, that we choose to remember together. It's not just a private thing. There's a personal side. But there's, there's, a, there's a corporateness. There's a bodiness to what we do when we come together and we share communion. We choose to say, I willingly choose to submit once again to Jesus. I, I remember what he did. Unbelievable. Died for me. Knowing what I'm like knowing what you're like, died for you. Am I going in the direction that is going to take me to Jesus fastest? Reevaluate and then refocus so that when you go out, you don't, you don't live wandering anymore. You live focused again back where we need to be. Um, the Apostle Paul, he would travel around to different cities teaching them about Jesus and, and, and what that relationship looked like. And then more importantly, is how they were going to live it out together in their context, which was nowhere near Jerusalem. It was in different cities. So what were they going to do? How were they going to together focus on Jesus well? And so when um, he had gone to a, a city called Corinth and, and he helped them start their church, 
And they kept in, in correspondence. They wrote letters back and forth. And we have, of course, a couple of those letters. And the, the first one is uh, first Corinthians. It's to the Corinthian people. So Paul was talking to his friends in Corinth, trying to help them to say, how do we live out this Jesus stuff that you talked about? What, do we, what does that look like amongst us? And one of the most famous passages that we use um, as Christians, we come back to 1 Corinthians here. And if you wouldn't mind putting it on the screen for us, let's read this together. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Paul is in the middle of a conversation and he says to them, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat or drink this bread, <laughs> I got it wrong, sorry. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus was great at making visual pictures for people to carry with them, just like what Terry did to us for us today. A beautiful picture of something that our hands can touch, our nose can smell, and we can remember the story that goes all around it. That's what communion is. A chance for us to remember what Jesus has done, and to choose to participate in the living that out together, individually, together, on purpose. So we have a station uh, set up at the back. We'll ask again if you could just come down this aisle and up this aisle just so we don't get uh, too clogged. Go back there, and you can take the cup, take the bread, and if, you, if you're traveling as, as a family, well then... Participate together. Gather, gather yourselves together. Look each other in the eye. This, this is not embarrassing. This is not super hard. We're doing this together. Personal, but, but not private. Personal, but corporate. So share with your family. Find a place to go stand together, sit together, and then you partake when you're ready. And then we'll, we'll come back. We'll finish with one more song after we've done that. And then we'll have a reverse offering on the way out. Let me pray for you. Kind Father, thank you again for what you, what you set in motion. You saw our need broken, messed up. And you said, I, I long to have a relationship with these folks, but they, on their own, they're not going to be able to get there. I'm going to need to help them. So he sent, he sent Jesus who said, I'm all in. They are so important to me. I am all in. I will do whatever it takes. And it took his life. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift that you gave to us. And then when you left, you said, I will never leave you alone. And so you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit to live within us, to poke us in the right direction to transform our heart and our minds. Today, as we go forward to participate in this way, we ask 
that you would meet us again, that today would be one more brand new infusion of your grace and your mercy, that we might see you, that we might be changed by you, and that we might, by our words and by our actions, let somebody else know. That's part of our goal, that the world may know that God loves them. Prompt us today. We ask that uh, if, there's, if there's something that we need to repent of, we don't need to be afraid of that either. That's a gift. We can repent and then be free. Speak to us, Lord Jesus. Amen. May the love of Christ dwell in you richly. Might you begin to grasp how wide, how high, how long, and how deep his love is for you. Be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. Thanks for being with us today. It's better when you're here. Better when we're connected. Better when we're together. As you go today, remember that you are not dismissed. You are sent. Sent out, not sent away. Sent to take what you have been given and offer and share it with somebody else. We are Christ-centered. We are mission-focused. And we are spirit-empowered. And the mission that we are on is for everyone, everywhere, all the time, wherever you go. Take Jesus with you and leave a little of Jesus there when you're left. <laughs>